I have done just fine in my career so far with that attitude of like, okay, I'm going to go into something when A, I understand it, or B, it becomes necessary that I understand it. And right now, neither of those things are true. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name's Charlie. My name's Femke. And we're going to talk about a spicy topic today, which is Web3 and all that's going on right now on the internet with NFTs. Everyone listening, I'm sorry if you clicked on this episode thinking that you were going to like get the lowdown, you were going to fully understand it from listening to it. No, we are just two designers who are trying to navigate this complicated space. Um, And yeah, we got a question about this, didn't we, fam? Yeah, we are just going to share where we're at with this topic. (laughs) Or not at. (laughs) Or not at. Yeah, that's true. So the question was, with Web3 taking off, it feels so hard to keep up with creating NFTs, learning about the metaverse, whilst also learning about the latest design tooling from Web 2.0. I feel like it's super important to never stop learning, but I also worry about where to focus my energy and time while maintaining a full-time job. In 10 years time, I'm scared product design might not be relevant, but I need to make sure my skill sets are. Yes, this is a very interesting topic and something I feel like even before Web3 started taking off in general, I feel like I've been asked now and then Mm. around like, what do you think of the future of product design? Is this a skill that's still going to be relevant in years from now? Is the AI just going to completely take over and we're not going to need designers anymore? Uh, So interesting topic. Uh, We'll see where this goes. Charlie and I will share what we know or more what we don't know about this topic uh, and yeah, share a little bit about where we're at with this kind of topic. Yes. First though, fam, any side project updates? I don't know. What's something that you've done recently that you're like really proud of? Oh, like your favorite thing you've done recently to do with your side projects? Yeah. uh, Well, recently I did a live stream with Fakan, who is a product designer at Meta. And we did like a live whiteboarding challenge together. Fun. Yeah, I did this for my community and it was really fun to like do an actual challenge in like sort of a workshoppy style live stream. Usually my live streams are more like Q&A kind of based, but this time we actually like opened up a design tool and sort of, you know, worked through a challenge. And so that was really fun. And a lot of people really enjoyed it and found it really insightful to watch how like Furkan approaches a whiteboarding challenge. So yeah, I'm proud of that. I think it was a good session. That's cool. Yeah, that's really, really useful to get to see how a like, experienced professional handles a situation like that, mm, right? Handles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. solving that problem space. Yeah. I love it. What about you? I would say mine is related to live streaming as well, actually. <laughs> um, I have been for the past few weeks doing a Friday co-working club live stream. That's what I've been calling them. I even designed some like branding for it. I it saw it. Fun. It's so cute. Yep. Yeah, it's been so fun to just, okay, I'm going to stream this afternoon. I'm going to like prepare this work on the design system and I'm going to do it while however many people want to watch me make that happen. Um, there's like a great environment in the chat and yeah, I don't know. It's just fun. It's just pure fun. I feel I get vibes from when I first started YouTube and every time I made a video, I was like, I just loved the process of it. Yeah, And I feel like lately I've sort of stopped loving the process of making YouTube videos and I more love the like the reaction and like helping people, the comments and like that whole thing I can feel really proud of. 
but yeah i'm loving live streaming at the moment it is it is a lot of fun that's good that's really good i i also have been enjoying live streaming i feel like i've been getting a little bit of creative block with my videos recently and so i've enjoyed the live streams because there's less like pressure and less like yeah lift to have a fully thought out topic and a script and like make sure it's like super high value and the live streams are a little bit more approachable so yeah I have yet to tune into one of your Friday co-working streams but I will try to tune in next week I will not be offended because I know it's like yeah it's hard for me to do that from over here as well considering most of my audience is in the U.S. oh because like time zone's never great but I do try and do it in my like afternoon so it's the U.S. morning right that is smart yeah well, should we dig into the topic? So something neither of us have been doing is making NFTs. <laughs> yes, upfront, I've not made an NFT and I barely, I don't even know how to make an NFT, to be honest. Do you own any? No. Okay, I love that you're <laughs> laughing at me asking that question. What is your, like, I feel like we should just set the scene with our general knowledge of Web3, though. Okay. Crypto, are you into that? I do not own crypto. No, I own, like... Well, it was two hundred dollars worth of crypto when I first bought it, but then uh -huh. it dropped severely in value oh, since then. I I'm was so like, sorry. I just want to explore the space and see what it's about. Yeah. So as we've established, neither of us super into Web three and crypto and NFTs. I would say though, also, I don't have anything against it. I just personally, right now, I don't see it as like the this is the future and nothing else matters. Right. But it seems like a lot of people in the space do. Mm -hmm. I can see how this becomes a big part of like the future of probably our work in tech. Um, probably that people are going to be using the blockchain for more and more things. Like obviously people are investing in cryptocurrencies just as much or if not more than they are the actual stock market these days. So I kind of want to have a vague understanding of how that works just to like, I don't know, for financial literacy and to keep up with those conversations a little. But I personally don't feel that I'm stagnating because that's what the topic of the question was. Right. I don't feel like I'm stagnating because I'm not investing my time in learning this. Yeah. Is that fair to say for you too? Yes. I am totally open to the idea that this might be the future. Like uh, could be, could not be, whatever. Uh, but just because there's a potential it could be the future is not enough motivation for me to like personally go and invest my time and skill set in learning about this thing and like adopting this this technology for like a better terms so early in this in its lifetime like if and when this becomes how we pay each other in the future through like crypto bitcoin whatever like sure i'm sure i will eventually start doing that too when it's like more mass market but at this stage yeah i i it could be the future i'm not opposed to it uh but i don't it's not like confirmation enough for me to start investing and learning more about it at this stage personally. Yeah. I I think that why I'm not worried about it, because I, I get that a lot of designers are feeling like behind because they're not jumping into it, especially, you know, designers working in tech. And we see our peers like making literal millions from NFTs. And I like there is a part of me that's like, damn, wish I had could have known enough to hop on that train, you know? But there's always a train, right? There is always a train. You got to pick which one you're getting on. Yeah. And just for me and the way I am, I am not an early adopter. I never have been. Yeah. I was not an early adopter to Figma. Although like 
you know, in the grand scheme of things now, I guess I kind of was, but back then I didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It, it took a long time for me to actually come over to this tool I'd heard people talking about. Um, it's just not me. And I have done just fine in my career so far with that attitude of like, okay, I'm going to go into something when A, I understand it, or B, it becomes necessary that I understand yeah, it. Right, right. Um, and right now, neither of those things are true. I don't understand Web3 very much. I have the basics. I am not super interested in getting into it more because for me, like, I honestly, like, with NFTs and things, I struggle to see how they're not in some way a pyramid scheme with the big <laughs> projects that are going on. I'm sorry. I hope that doesn't offend people or make people switch off. No, but I like, love it. Yeah. That's, that's just what it seems to me at the moment. And I, like, there's a lot of people I respect super into it. So I'm like, there must be something I'm missing. Because I respect all these people and they are doing this and I don't think that they would, you know, be trying to scam anybody. But I don't understand it, so I'm just going to stay out of it because that seems like the safest thing for me to do. Two thoughts. Okay. One, there's a really great book I just finished reading called Cultish. And (laughs) it talks about the... (laughs) basically cults and like what makes a cult but it's it's a very recent book it came out in the last year or so so it kind of talks about like uh modern day cults like you know uh self-help people on instagram and like it's very interesting to look at like today's phenomena from like a cult perspective um and i feel like that's relevant to this conversation uh and i'm not i'm not using the term cult in a negative way i know we like as society we have cult like as a very negative connotation, but the book is very interesting. And I think it's an interesting lens to look on this web three through that lens. Anyway, uh, the second thing I wanted to say is uh, that everything is a bubble. And so I I feel, I, I see where this pressure might be coming from when all you see online is people talking about NFTs, people talking about web three, especially on Twitter, especially in the design community. But I think it's good to remember that we all live in this bubble and just because it's happening here in this silo doesn't mean it's happening everywhere. Maybe it is, I'm not saying it's not, but I think it's always interesting to just remember the bubble that we live in a little bit sometimes. Uh, and I think that's an interesting reminder also when it comes to like feeling like this is everywhere and there's pressure and I'm falling behind. Uh, we all live in a bubble and this could be one. Yeah, well, I mean... Wasn't Reese Witherspoon talking about NFTs and yes. crypto and things? That's when I started paying attention, honestly. I don't even follow Reese Witherspoon. But I was like, When Reese oh, is on, okay, it's got to be someone, true. Yeah, <laughs> someone outside of like the tech space that I know like is paying attention to this. Right. Like, okay, that's interesting. This is a bigger deal than I thought. Yes. Like I thought it was just like, honestly, something super nerdy people were into. <laughs> no offense. But, yeah. Oh God, we're going to turn so many people off with this episode. <laughs> No, no, no. I was I was close to buying an NFT actually. Oh, which one was it? Well, I wanted to buy it because I I wanted to support the artist. Yep. Uh, it was an artist that I've been following for a long time, a friend actually, F Dot, who we both know, and yep. uh, he was releasing some limited series or whatever as an NFT, and I really liked the art, and I was like, I yeah. like this piece of art, and I want to support you as an artist and as a friend. And so I did try to figure out how to purchase this NFT. And uh, 
I just got completely blocked with the whole like, I, I don't even know how to buy an NFT. Like you need to set up some like sort of wallet thing. You need to set up some account on something called OpenSea. I think I just got so lost in the barrier to even getting mm. into this space, not even buying anything, but just like trying to set up in this universe to me felt like such a barrier uh, that I kind of just gave up and was like, okay, this isn't for me. Or like, I, I'm not ready for this yet. Yeah. And also that there's like, it, it feels a bit like the wild west of the internet right now in web three and that there's a lot of uh, hacks and like people losing stuff because of, I don't know, accounts being hacked and things like that. And I, I feel like that's why I, as someone who doesn't fully understand it, am not waiting in because I'm like, I know that I couldn't accurately protect myself and my assets in the space because I don't have enough understanding. Yeah. Um, but I do think that this is something that I'm sure Web3 will stick around. Like it is the next phase, a, a lot of this, a lot of this stuff. But as it becomes more mainstream, I guess, I think it'll become like easier to use and there will be clearer pathways to yeah. enter. That is probably how it will become more mainstream. And so I'm like, I will wait till then. I will wait until someone figures out these issues and then I will wait in um, and I will not be the one to figure it out. There is a lot of opportunities right now. I was just going through my um, job board, the inside marketing design job board. And like three of the, the 26 jobs that I had to look through and approve were crypto com companies. Yep. So it's clearly an industry that if you were interested in this space, you can set yourself up well in your career by learning all about it, by diving in. But you know, I said three out of 26, didn't I? So there were still 23 other companies that did not have anything to do with the blockchain and crypto that designers can get employed at, you know? Yeah, it's not everything, but it is a good opportunity if you are interested in this space. Yeah, there's something about the barrier entry. The barrier to entry to me is very high and that does worry me a little bit of like who has access to this and like mm. who can actually, like, do I think my parents could, could do this right now no I, I don't think like I even struggle with trying to figure out how to get into like to buy yeah. an NFT that like I think there's some inequities being caused here and like the people I see that are really thriving of this are of a certain demographic and maybe a certain class and like that does worry me a little bit uh so I'm yeah I, I'm curious to see how this can be made more equitable and like more accessible to the everyday person because uh, right now it feels very elite and very closed off is, is, is the vibe I get. Yeah, not just because of, yeah, agreed, and not just because of the access, but because of the price of things as well. Oh, oh yes, let's not even mention the price, yes. <laughs> like, obviously, I understand that people who are purchasing uh, NFTs for what is the equivalent of US thousands of dollars. Tens of thousands sometimes, yeah. Or more, yep, yep even more than that even there's been some that went for several million you know yes it's, it's wild to me but a lot of these people bought into ethereum and, and cryptocurrency in general when it was much had much lower value right and so like technically they're spending that much but also that's not the money that they personally took from their bank account and put into this you know so i, I think it all feels a little bit like Monopoly money in a way. It's like, sure, I would never spend 10,000 real US dollars on this thing, but I'm going to spend 10,000 of my online dollars yeah. because it doesn't feel like it's, you know, that much money. And that's interest been interesting to me too, to see, see it be talked about that NFTs are a way for artists to get paid for their art. 
And I'm like sitting here in a room full of art on my walls, right? That I paid for and they were prints that got delivered to my house. I supported all of the artists that are on my walls. And there is many ways to support artists without NFTs. And also I feel like, okay, these people buying them, spending these thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, would they ever pay in real money? For the same art? Yeah. To support an artist for a physical good. Um, or for a digital file that isn't part of the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, I fail to see the supporting artist thing as the, like, the reason the NFTs are, are good. Oh, yes. Yeah, I agree. And, like, also, it's, for me, it wasn't enough of an incentive to, to follow through and actually buy it, because, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know that you've supported our good friend Eric in many other ways. I have his physical yeah. art uh, in, in the yep. room next yep. door, so... <laughs> So I know that Facebook slash Meta is obviously investing in this space from what Mm -hmm. we hear and know. Do you think that if and when they get to a point where like suddenly Facebook is all in the metaverse, Web3, whatever, do you think that will be the tipping point for when it becomes just standard for everyone everywhere? I do not understand the metaverse. (laughs) I have, like, I watched the video and I've, like, read some people talking about it, but I don't see how it's anything other than, like, using VR right. or, like, Second Life, which was this platform in the, like, what was that, early 2000s or something mm-hmm. that that people would use to, like, you know, role play and have, a, like, a different life online, Second Life. I'm like, is this not the same thing? What is different <laughs> about this new metaverse that we're talking about yeah i'm can't imagine myself sitting around wearing a vr headset but like i guess it's possible that that could be how i'm doing my work in future if it turned out to be the best way yeah i don't see it as the future right now the metaverse in particular i think that um crypto and the blockchain and things like that are much more likely to be Mm -hmm. than the metaverse yeah, I, I'm kind of similar to you where, like, I don't know if I fully understand what the metaverse is and how it's different from VR. Uh, other than maybe it's, like, uh, like built on the blockchain. But even that, I don't know if I understand what that really means. Like, does that just mean that, like, when you buy things in this metaverse experience, you're buying using crypto? Oh, right. You're buying them on the blockchain? Okay. Yeah, yeah. like, that's my understanding of it, but I don't actually know how accurate that is or if that's the right interpretation. So, yeah, as you can see, a lot of questions here and a lot of, like, just not understanding what all of this technology really is. Mm-hmm. And how it will impact our jobs in the future as well. You know, like, I guess things have changed with technology for our jobs and in terms of the ease and speed at which we can design things. It's that really pushed up standards for design, right? Like, if I think back to when I first started as a web designer, the standard for design back then was just so much lower <laughs> than it is today. Because it was a lot harder to design a website, like, in Photoshop compared to in our new digital design tools. But essentially, we're still designing on a screen, right? And, like, maybe in the future that screen is inside VR, but as someone who wears glasses, <laughs> it's probably not going to be for me, like, that way of working. It might turn out to be an option as a way of working, if you prefer that experience, maybe you're going to be like using your hands to move things around in Figma, yeah, um, in VR, in a metaverse, whatever. But I don't think it'll be the only way. So again, it's like, if you're interested in it, great. If not, I don't think you should worry about falling behind. 
Yeah. This listener also mentioned that like they're afraid in 10 years time, like what they're learning today won't be relevant. And how do I make sure my skills? I mean, I, like maybe this is a hot take, but I don't think it is possible to make sure that the skills you're learning now are relevant in 10 years because we just don't know what's going to be relevant in 10 years time. And I also think that you don't have to future proof yourself 10 years out from now. Like it's totally possible to learn over the next 10 year period, those skills, like learn as the things are changing. You don't, in my opinion, I don't think you need to prepare in advance of like such a big shift happening. I think you can always learn in the moment or when that shift is happening, because that's how, that's how we've done it in the past. And that's how we've always like managed to keep going when things pivot, unless your goal is to like really be ahead of everyone and like start early and be an early adopter. Uh, then yeah, I personally am not worried about trying to future-proof myself by learning these skills because I'm open to learning them as the change happens and like as yeah. as my role requires different skills, I will invest and learn on the job as that shift is happening in the moment. So I don't know, that's my opinion. And as you have done. Exactly, as we've done in the past. <laughs> right, throughout your career, we've been learning things when the need arose we didn't like the, there wasn't this giant like pivot, for example. Right. When it was like, Whoa! you are now behind if you have not been learning this because you now officially cannot do things the way you were doing them anymore. Right. That's just not how it works. It's more of a slow shift. Like I remember when everyone switched from Photoshop to Sketch, for example. And it just became the thing that like Sketch was so different to Photoshop. Sketch yeah. and Figma, not all that different, like technically in terms of being for a digital design tool. But that shift was a big one and a lot of designers did struggle with it and like held on to Photoshop for way longer because they didn't want to make that move. But like it wasn't a big deal in the end. They got there because it was like a slow shift. And I agree. That's that's how I'm seeing things too, Fem. I also think this listener, their mindset towards learning will mean that this like their skills will always be relevant. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like, and that's, that's what I think is important rather than attaching your future success to any one skill set or tool or whatever. It's more about if I can be open to new things, if I can dive in and like know how to problem solve and know how to learn when necessary, then I will be able to shift with the changes. Yeah. And that's just what I, what I trust for my career and why sometimes I have found things hard. Like recently I've been trying to dig more into a design system, like a proper one and use variants and things in Figma. And I am not good at it. I know <laughs> I am behind the curve on that stuff. And I know I'll get there too, right? Mm -hmm. Like already in the hour stream that I did last Friday, I was improving. I like started out the stream not knowing how to like align something how I wanted. And by the end I was like, cool, I know what to click here and here and here. Like if you just are open to learning new things, I think that you can roll with the times and, and, and outlast it. Yeah. And if you want to learn it now, as Charlie mentioned, there's a lot of opportunities out there, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of companies cropping up. Like there is totally opportunity to jump in like head yeah. first into this space today if you really want to. Um, so yeah, that opportunity is also there if that's the path you want to take. And you know what? There's space for you because me and Fem aren't doing it. <laughs> so... <laughs> You can take our jobs. <laughs> I wonder how hard it is to hire for that space. Uh, or maybe it's really yeah. easy because there's a lot of people interested. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I clearly don't know anything about how it is. But it's a very interesting space. Uh, I'm not ready to make the jump yet, but am open to it in the future, I think is my summary. 
And for now, I'm sort of just watching it unfold and like I am proud of myself that I even understood all the words that you said in this this question, dear listener, because of like paying attention to the space, you know, and paying attention to what other people are doing in it. But I will say from my personal perspective, I would really like it if people talked about other things sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> that fair. would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you, listener, for sending this in. Uh, we love a yeah. good, spicy, relevant topic, even when we know nothing about it. As clearly mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. have demonstrated in this episode, this is just our raw thoughts and our like where we're at basically with this whole sort of tech shift um so yeah Yeah. we don't always have the answers but we are curious and i hope that this i don't know if anyone listening to this who is really into the space felt annoyed by this episode (laughs) try and see it as like a view into how people outside of your community are viewing the space right like maybe it can give you some tips on how to better educate people like us on it um, and if you are like us and are feeling like, well, this is just not my scene. I don't really know what's going on here. Now I hope you feel less alone and less like you are behind the times because you are not understanding it. Because, yeah, yeah, don't worry. We're there with you. <laughs> we are there with you. All right, Charlie, where can folks go to hear more episodes? You can head to designlife.fm to find our full backlog where we have many more episodes where we actually are giving good advice and like do know what we're talking about so please go listen to them <laughs> yes and you can always send us a topic request uh, on twitter at designlife.fm or email us hello at designlife.fm yes we would love to hear your requests for things you'd like to hear our opinions on but until next week we'll see you then fam have a good week bye bye, bye.